BizQuick podcast hits on the struggles and advantages of being an entrepreneur. It's for anyone who's made the commitment to burn the boats and not look back. Are you a busy entrepreneur or small business owner trying to do it all? Then this podcast is for you. Corey and Julie will take you through the details of building a strong business. Hit the subscribe button and gear up for another episode of BizQuick Podcast. Hello and welcome to BizQuick. I'm Julie. And I'm Corey. And today is kind of exciting because this is the first time we're recording in our new podcast studios. It is. It's simultaneously an upgrade and a downgrade. <laughs> Which is weird. Yes. <laughs> really weird. But um, we are going to talk about storytelling today. It is the number one way for people to learn, like the easiest way for people to learn. And it's really important for business owners, entrepreneurs, leaders to be good at storytelling. It helps them. Sure. And storytelling isn't what most people think it is. Because storytelling to a lot of people is I'm just going to talk for 15 to 20 minutes. Yeah. (laughs) And people are going to be interested. And that's not the case. You have to keep the audience engaged. It's, I don't know, it's almost like a, it's like a really long sales pitch, right? Oh, kind of. I tend to look at storytelling as, that's an interesting way to look at it. I tend to look at storytelling as something that is engaging and humorous and has a very distinct point or message at the end. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily have to be humorous. No, it could be sad. It could make you cry. Yeah, there's all sorts of different stories out there. But the... But when I said it needs to be like a sales pitch, like it, it, I need to know what, what I'm getting out of it. Like if I'm not getting entertained in some way, shape, shape or form, if I'm not getting value out of this story. I mean, we were just on a call today where you oh. and I both checked out about halfway through, maybe five minutes into it, oh. where it's like, what the hell is this guy talking about? And he was, again, going on and on about. I think he might have been high, though. I have no idea. I don't. I I I thought there was some weird body movements that indicated that he may have been high and possibly high on cocaine, not on marijuana. I don't know if you would know the difference. I probably, probably would. I just like to sound smart. Yes. <laughs> I don't know if that makes you smart. I'm not uh, drug educated, Corey. <laughs> so what what makes a good story? Well, I mean, as obvious as it sounds, you need a point to the story. Like you need to, <laughs> you need the guide, the listener, somewhere, yeah. the reader, whoever it is. You, you need to take them to like again provide that value take them through an adventure yeah whether it's the humor whether it's you're tugging on some emotional string um whatever it is like you need to take the listener somewhere and you need to do it somewhat succinctly yeah so succinctly can be important but i also I, i don't think it's critical have you ever um had to listen to it, of course, everybody has, but have you ever had to listen to a horrible storyteller? Oh, yeah. Yeah. How about have you ever told a story where you're super excited about it because you think it's going to be great, and as you're telling it, you realize this was so much better in my head? Yeah, but I think right there, that's a good sign of a good storyteller when you can see that you're losing your audience, when what you thought was great what you know, isn't, Yeah. and like just being able to read the room. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So for me, 
Um, some of the best storytelling I've ever heard occurs on Red Pilled America podcast. The hosts are absolutely amazing at telling stories. And I find myself like disappointed every time one of their episodes ends because they're so engaging and I've never seen anything like it before in my life. And again, so I've, I've listened to a handful of their episodes and they're about an hour long approximately. And that's to, to some people that would be too long of a story, but again, you have to choose your words correctly so that they all count. There's no, there's no nonsense in there. Everything has a point. Everything is scripted in a way that you're not, again, just trying to fill 60 minutes of podcast with a story. Right, right. They're educating through their stories. Yes. Which is really entertaining. So back to, from a business perspective, you know, why is it important for entrepreneurs or business owners, or leaders to be good at storytelling? What do you, what are some reasons that, what are some benefits of being a good storyteller? Well, ultimately you want to connect with your customer or your employees yeah. or whoever your audience is at the time. Like you have to, you have to be able to talk to them in a way that connects with them so that you keep their attention. You don't zone out five minutes into a Zoom call um, while somebody <laughs> rambles on and on and on. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and touches their face weirdly. Yeah, and looks like they literally just got up off the couch that they're sitting on. Yeah, um, yeah. Like awoke. Awoke. Yeah, from their... Slumber. That, yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, yeah, stories, they can... Emotion, they emotionally connect people and they build loyalty, right? People love to hear stories. And in the absence of stories, we know that sometimes people will make stories up. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. That I call, do that all that time. They call it fiction. <laughs> <laughs> so, basically, there's a lot of fiction occurring in my head. Yeah. Well, just in general. But, yes, like uh, because people still try and connect. And we've all worked with those people who are trying to get a point across in business and they make up facts because they're trying to trying to prove a point. Mm -hmm. Does your mind automatically go I know exactly who you're talking about right now <laughs> or thinking of right now. Yes. It's crazy. But and, and that's the interesting thing. When you tell a story, so just data and I when I, you know, was making notes for this particular episode, I got a little sad for you when I was like, just data alone loses people very quickly. And I was like, oh Corey's gonna hate that fact. But data with a story packs such a punch, people will remember it so much better. Yes. And again, you have to know your audience. And for me, being probably a minority in um, uh, the type of audience that people are after, we had this conversation, was it on, I don't know if it was on our podcast or somebody else's podcast, where I created some content, an asset for social media. And Stacy oh. <laughs> replied back. She's like, there's too many words on there. And I'm like, yeah, well, I don't want to watch a video. I don't want to listen to audio. I just want to read something. That's it. She's like, well, you're not most people. So we're changing it. <laughs> it's uh, She's very good at her job. Yes. All right. We should probably wrap up. We'll take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk more about stories. With so many things competing for our attention these days, efficiently acquiring and retaining customers is critical for small businesses. And that's why we launched Certivium, the newest business from the SB Pace team. Certivium is a business created specifically for entrepreneurs who need a hand with customer service, customer engagement, and social media management. 
We are an affordable option that any small business looking to grow needs to help maintain the most important part of their business, their customers. Find out if Certivium is right for your business at Certivium.com. All right. Welcome back to the show. We are so excited. We have our guests with us. And on today's show, we have Adriana Cortez and Patrick Corelci of Red Pilled America. I am fangirling so hard right now. It's kind of embarrassing, you guys. <laughs> thank you. Well, That's thank you nice. for having us. That's a nice thing to say. I I just am amazed. I, I know I, I have said this to Adriana before. I am so amazed at your ability to tell stories. I have literally never heard anything like it in my life. It is just, it's amazing. So I have... I have so many questions about where you learned that skill. <laughs> you know, it's we 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 call it kind of audio documentaries, and it was something that we did on the side for fun. Um, we had a advertising and marketing uh, publicity company for at that time. I would say it was about uh, ten years or so, and Adriana had these short stories um, that she loved to tell. And, you know, we always found ourselves at events uh, kind of uh, fighting between each other about who's going to tell the story. <laughs> and we kind of always found ourselves at events. We were kind of the storytellers. And I didn't realize this until much later um, in, in, in a kind of retrospect. But so she had these short stories that she had written. And we were thinking, man, what's the best way to kind of get these out there? And so I bought a microphone. I bought this cheap little cushion thing that kind of muffled the you know the 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 room sound and um i literally just taught myself how to produce it and uh you know we sat up in our office because we had uh, with the advertising business you go through um you know peaks and valleys where sometimes we'll be doing a car launch we were doing like big car launches for lexus and in toyota and we would be you know staffed up like crazy for like five months and then we'd have these lulls and so we set this up in our in our conference room and we started to record and we just started having a good time with it. And we brought it into some, you know, mixing software and I just started working on it. And it took me God, to do one 30 minute piece. Uh, I think it took me like four months to kind yeah. of figure out how to do it. And um, and we created it and we, you know, we, we used like music that we couldn't even get royalties for we just threw it all in there you know what I mean or we couldn't get the rights for I should say and we just threw it all in there and just were like just just make exactly what we want to make and so I think we posted it on uh funny or die I think we is the name of that show yeah uh that um you know and and it's a site yeah it's a site called funny or die and so we posted it there and it didn't get a like a copyright strike or anything so we're like oh cool and so we're just kind of letting it go for a while and business got really busy. And so we walked away from doing it. We kind of just focused on work and we were doing really big things with the, with some of our clients and we ran into a, a, an issue with them in, in that we didn't uh, like to be told what to say, what to do. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, we were, um, you know, we were our own business owners, but in many senses, we were kind of like a de facto employees to a certain degree, just very well-paid, you know, mm-hmm. um, uh, employees. And so we decided, you know what, we, we got to stop doing this. We got to do something on our own. And it took us a couple years to figure out what it was we were going to do. And I think we finally kind of came to the um, 
conclusion we were doing I, I, I loved writing in general and, and we were doing storytelling writing on the side and um, we did this piece on Hollywood and when we did it we said you know what why don't we create a, an audio version of it like we did with with Potty Mouth that yeah. was the first thing that we did with her was Potty Mouth it was the, the very first story that we ever did was her getting in her very first fight and um, it was just I mean it was just such a fun story to do so anyways we did this fight and it's the only one that I've ever been in, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we did this uh, story on Hollywood and kind of like the history of Hollywood and the blacklisting of, of certain kind of elements. And um, it was a three part series and we decided let's do an audio version of it. And we did it and we thought, you know, what, this is what we want to do. And it, it, it took, um, you know, some time to get to it. And I think that's kind of a lesson that we, have learned. We've been in business now. I've been in business for 23 years. She came on a couple of years after that. And, um, you know, it's just, you got to keep plugging away, keep trying different things and, um, you never know what's going to hit. And, but if you stay in the game, um, something will hit and it eventually hit. And so it took about a year and a half, I would say, before we really started to make, um, a living, a real living on it. You know, it, it was uh, surprisingly took, um, you know, we thought it was going to take, I think so many people think when you're on the internet, it's going to take like, you know, take <laughs> off immediately, yep. you know, like everything goes viral. And, um, but it's not that way, you know, no, you, it you, takes time. You've got to wake up and grind every day. Mm-hmm. And so it took us, you know, I think four months in, we were like, should yeah. we stop doing this? <laughs> you know, I mean, it's yeah. like, wow, I, this I, is a ton of work. Uh, I mean, it was the hardest I'd ever worked in my life. Mm-hmm. I'd never worked so hard in my life. I mean, you know, there's a reason why you watch a television show and there's only, you know, uh, you know, 10 episodes. You know, if you look on these HBO shows, it is an incredible amount of work. And we're doing something very similar. We, we, it's scripted and there's, you know, backstories and there's sidebars. And, and so just the amount of work was crazy. And I think at one point we just said, no, let's just stop. I mean, we literally wrote a letter to iHeartRadio and we said, sorry, we can't do this anymore. This is heartbreaking. You know, I, I don't even want to get emotional like, oh, talking geez. about it. He cries um, at everything. <laughs> <laughs> Before we started this, I said, don't cry today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so we decided we're going to just keep plugging through and uh, it worked. Yeah. And it worked. Yeah. It worked, yeah. It's so funny because there's so many parallels between, you know, your story and, and, you know, Corey and I starting this business and we started with this notion, if you build it, they will come. And that is just complete bullshit. Like there is a lot of work that goes into it. And it's, it, and that whole concept of, um, you know, we were both consultants before we started SB Pace and, I think we both still felt like we were just somebody else's employees. We were just being paid really, really well. And mm-hmm. it was not enjoyable. So a lot of parallels there. And it's interesting to hear you say that about um, marketing. But I really need to let Corey talk because I swear to you, I could just take this whole show over today. So I can't do that to him. I, I, I assumed this was just going to be a Julie Gush fest with y'all answering questions. <laughs> so I'm fine to sit in the back. I've just got one question. Did you win that fight, Adriana? Oh, absolutely. Okay, good. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I got in crane. If you've seen the karate kid, you know, the, the pose that he does, that's the pose that I got into. And I think it freaked out my opponent. And uh, that was the end of that. And so, you know, by style alone, I won the fight. <laughs> so I, that's amazing. I want, there are a couple things that I just want to say really quickly. 
and they may be if so, if listeners don't listen to Red Pilled America, this is they will be mostly meaningless to them. But I'm going to encourage everybody to go listen to this podcast. Uh, the first thing is, I fell in love with your show with this line, and I never thought I would get to say this on our own podcast, but here it is: the skinny retard. That was the show that I was introduced to. Foghorn was my first episode that my brother sent to our family. And I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And when I heard that line, I was actually laying in bed one night listening to it. And I laughed until I cried at that line. The next thing is, I never laughed so hard in my life as when Patrick talked about dancing in the, I think it's called the liberal education episode. Yeah, yeah, liberal oh, arts. Oh, liberal arts. I yeah. like the backstory on that. That that episode, I literally could feel myself in every moment of the story. Like every <laughs> moment, like the cheating and like the bully and all of the things. I laughed so hard. The dance when you Adriana when you went to the dance and then <laughs> you got yanked out because you were actually not allowed in the dance. It was fantastic. And the episode that I knew Corey would be so excited about to hear because it's one of his favorite stories to tell. And I cannot believe you released an episode on it. And Heartfelt. No. No. Oh, I no. love that one, too. I what? use that line. I say, I say that all the time now. Well, the, the, one, the one that I really enjoyed, and it was an interesting experience for me because I followed it real time, was the world's largest scavenger hunt. And oh god wasn't that incredible I that, that was such an incredible show yeah we were on it real time as well it too. was and i followed it real time and then i listened to your show and i listened to you recap it and then i started to think wait did i remember it wrong or are they like like did the, are they telling the story in a different way like there's all of these things where my memory of what actually happened may or may not be true and that's flag, something yeah. that i think that we all have like problems with especially just just in life that what you remember happening might not actually be what happened yeah it's that's we've actually gotten to that a lot with when we do these stories we kind of you kind of delve in and we have like an idea of of the way something um, went and then you kind of start digging into it and you have a you you have this kind of awakening moment you know i think one of the times we that kind of happened with me was um we did this story on uh kind of like the the whole you know it, it touched on the the origins of the black lives matter movement and we um w it took us back to the black panther movement and how that got started and i had a kind of you know i think going in a very negative um feeling of of its origins and when i came out of it i kind of could see why um the black panther movement got started and that there was some really legitimate issues that they were addressing at the time but it, it takes you a minute to kind of start to dig into these kinds of things and we try to do that so often when we do these stories is is to wipe away our preconceptions of how we're going to feel about something because it can really cloud your your um your, your research the way that you kind of tell the story in general and it just becomes this kind of a you know it just kind of shifts something one way or the other and we're we're so about finding the truth and about focusing on finding the truth and so you know, but we've had to learn that on several occasions, several occasions that we've had to, to put us. the bias kind of, um, you know, put our biases aside as much as we possibly humanly can. It's very hard for humans to do that. I think we, we have a we enter the world with so many different uh, preconceptions and uh, and learned experiences. And so, it, it, you know, it's it's one of the things that we've had to kind of train ourselves to do. And we've been doing I mean, it's funny. We've been doing storytelling 
for so long, but we weren't doing it. We didn't know we were doing it. We were doing advertising and in the marketing world and any brand really is so much really about narrative and about, and about building your personality, your brand personality, the public. And we did that for, um, you know, on a big level nationally for Toyota for, for many years, but we didn't quite realize that that's what we were doing. We, we were just trying to get our client press. And, but what we figured out is the best way to get our client press was to um, tell stories. And so we would do it in kind of a, you know, it's called branded content. That was kind of our thing for a while. Like in 2004, we started doing branded content immediately when we, it was kind of funny thing. Like the first time we got a real budget, we started doing that. Mm-hmm. And so we did uh, documentaries. We did a documentary on um, Biz Marquee uh, called Stomping Grounds. And it was kind of like his old kind of hangouts. Biz Marquee is a hip hop artist uh, from from uh, New York. And then we also did one on um, Questlove and this other DJ called, uh, what was the DJ's name again? Um, well, King uh, Brit. King Brit, exactly. Uh, he was the Diggable Planets DJ, and we did a documentary on them, and we worked the cars into the story. Like they didn't have their, their driver's license, and our client was uh, was was Scion at the time, and so we got we then these guys are like almost in their and they're in their forties, I think some of them were, and uh, so they got their driver's license for the first time. So we worked the cars in that way, and we were doing storytelling, and and it, it would really and it up. would start at the pitch with the client, and I don't think that we realized that until not so long ago. You know, when we were pitching the client we were telling them a story, you know, yep. we would create a deck and then we would go in and we would pitch elaborately and, and tell a story because storytelling is just, it's so powerful and it translates to, to everything. Truly it does. Yeah, it does. And it's, um, it's the way that we kind of retain uh, information. It's the kind of way that we've passed along information. I mean, we're, we're, we're almost evolved um, to be storytellers because, you know, this recording world, uh, and this internet and broadcast and radio, man, this, we, we've only been doing this for what, a hundred and, uh, you know, hundred years, <laughs> you know, about, and human history has been around for thousands of years. Uh, and so, you know, to pass along these stories, you've, you know, before the printing press, you had to tell them. And so um, I think because of that, we've evolved into these storytelling creatures, um, but so few people really understand that. And so that's one of the missions of our show is to kind of really kind of push that uh, and drive that home. That if you can uh, encapsulate what it is that you're doing and and tell it in a storytelling format, um, it will stick with people more. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that we're, uh, yeah, yeah, it's one of the missions of our show. Yeah, I, I definitely understand the concept of people retain more information from a story. And when you, and that's one of the best ways to get data points across to people, right? Like true, like numbers and data is through story. What occurred to me as you were just talking, Patrick was the amount of people that are pushing to have stories, origin stories, original stories changed because they don't like what they represent for history. And that's becoming a real problem for, for us as a society. That's a huge point that you brought up there. And it is, um, it's uh, so much is of our history is being rewritten. Um, we see it a lot in Hollywood where, you know, you watch a movie and you're thinking, man, I thought I knew this story. And, um, you know, I, I've gotten, and you get so pulled in and compelled by the story itself. And I've caught myself at times watching something and being like uh, completely, 
consumed and, and, and compassionate for the people, the story they're telling. And then I remember, wait a minute. No, these guys are actually bad people. And so I've had to go back and do the research. I'm like, yeah, you know what? They actually did some very bad things and they're changing the history on this right now. And so that's why it's so important for so many, you know, for us to have as many um, voices in the storytelling game as possible, because when that happens, when people try to rewrite history, you need people to come out and kind of tell the truth and tell the, and, and give the the real story behind what happened because, you know, history is, is an important part of, of obviously, I mean, we have to learn from history and I think so often um, our history is being changed and that's another reason why we ended up doing the show, I think, is because, you know, people that were kind of came from our background and maybe have our worldview weren't um, in the storytelling world. And so we thought, you know what, we need to kind of you know, make the argument to the public that more people need to be doing what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And so much of the world we live in now also, it's not necessarily rewriting history it's shifting focus i love me a good conspiracy theory and <laughs> i'm gonna be you know, <laughs> um you know they're, they're entertaining for the most part and sometimes i'm like oh i can see that happening but every time like something crazy happens in the news julie and i usually have a conversation of what are they what are they trying to hide yeah. and so mm-hmm. like a lot of businesses have a dark history or they have a, a side of their business they don't want the public to know about my favorite story and Adam Carolla, I listen to his podcast and he talks about this all the time, but Subaru has a military division. They make attack helicopters, but they don't ever advertise that. They advertise emotions and good feelings and long walks in the park and saving dogs, old people Mm -hmm. saving the planet, but (laughs) you know, all of those things. And it's just, it's annoying because people, I mean, but people connect with that, the emotional side of it. And there was a point where we were more fact driven, I think. And now it's gone to be like, it's become more emotional driven. Yeah. We are definitely feelings over facts at this point. Yes. Oh, 100%. And it's, and it's, um, there's been a, a, just the polarization I think has really hurt that world. I mean, the perfect example is the Olympics right now. Right. I mean, how are we there? And uh, it, it kind of like really like surprises me when I sit down and really think about that. We don't know what happened with this, uh, this thing that happened that we just went through with this pandemic a couple of years ago. Um, it seems like it, the origin came from a certain place and yet we're all there. And um, there's a lot of human rights issues going on there um, that, you know, and, and, you know, a lot of people try to, you know, make the relativist argument that, oh, okay, there's, there's a lot of human rights, ha- you, know, you know, issues here. But so much of, of what's being what's happening there is being, uh, you know, blocked out or changed or refocused or what have you. And I think that that's a big, big problem. We should be able to unite around certain kinds of things, free speech, you know, the right to work, the right to leave our house and go to work, um, you know, the economy staying open, <laughs> things like that, that we have, for whatever reason, have lost the ability to, to come together in unity on. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with the polarization and, you know, the, ac- the aspect of, you know, we, we bring everything back to the culture when it comes to this kind of thing. And that's why we do our show is, you know, in order to kind of change minds, you need to be involved in culture. And um, I think if we had more of a certain voice within the culture, maybe a lot of these kinds of issues and a lot of this kinds of like redirection wouldn't be happening as much. Agreed. I, one of my favorite stories from this past year is and I've I've told this before, so our listeners are definitely familiar with this one. Is 
I was listening to some like news podcast and most likely the morning wire because I listen to it every day. And one of the reporters was telling the story of how her grandmother and grandfather were so upset over what was happening in Wisconsin, right? With the whole Kyle Rittenhouse thing and how they couldn't believe that, you know, Kyle Rittenhouse had gone out and, you know, like murdered these like black people. And Mm -hmm. she was like, well, first off, nobody was black, but why are you, were you upset about all the riots that happened in all of 2020? And her grandparents looked at her and said, what riots? All we saw were peaceful protests. And it's such a testament to how much mainstream media can actually manipulate the information that we're getting. And if you are somebody who the only thing you ever do is listen to, you know, NBC or CNN or something, you, you're you not getting the story. Like, do you know how many people don't understand what's happening in Canada right now with the truckers? It's insane. Yeah. It is insane. And it's, um, it's a real problem with, uh, our society right now and it's a real problem with businesses right now i mean you have uh, this kind of uh, culture that's being created and so many people are being afraid of being canceled and what have you and it's almost like a new business concern that so many people have to kind of take into account now i, I don't know how it stops other than more voices talking and getting the word out there you know it's just uh it those kinds of stories like the one you just mentioned there um, it, it surprises me how few people are willing to kind of delve in deeper and kind of get the get the true source. And we're not those kinds of people that are, you know, um, uh, we're pretty uh, independent, I would say. But, uh, you know, in this world that we're at right now, if you're if you're viewed, you know, if you're not part of the you know status quo or or the the um, authorized conversation, then you're viewed right of center. But I'd say in, in many cases where we would consider ourselves independent. So we don't like buy into the whole thing that, you know, cert- this media outlet is good and this media outlet is bad. Obviously, we don't like CNN and MSNBC, but we don't like f- take everything that Fox News says, for right. example, as as uh, as gospel. Right. We we like to go to the source, source material so- and look at the source material and read it. But so few people have the amount of time to actually do that. So, you know, I think that that's part of part of the issue that we're running into right now. And, and, and part of the polarization is if people understood and knew those stories, I think I saw it. Um, the Young Turks had kind of an awakening moment that they, they, these YouTube uh, guys and they consider their politics progressive. And when they started to learn the details of the Rittenhouse case uh, via the, the trial itself, they were having to vocally say, I didn't know that that matters. That shows self-defense. And, and so few people were willing to look into those things. We actually watched the Kyle Rittenhouse thing live and um, almost in real time, almost in real time that night. And we were like catching uh, literally everything that, that came out in the, in the case, we knew that night, you know, it was like, we saw the people, we saw this person attack this person. So, but so few people have the, the, the time and the energy to be able to look at the source material and the mainstream media knows that. And they, um, they, they, they rely on, on those people just not being looking into that, into the, into the real story. So I think more voices changes that though. Yeah. I, I think more voices definitely changes it. And that requires a lot of courage for people because like people are quick to cancel other people out right now. And that's a very frightening place to be. If you are a small business owner, 
I am curious from a storytelling perspective, do you think that a pre-qualification of being a good storyteller is being a good writer? I would say yes. In our format, definitely yes. Yes, um, to a certain degree. I, I was talked, we, we, before. this was years ago, we were interviewing for another story that we had done. This is before we started the podcast and we were talking to the screenwriter. And he said, um, I asked him a question, but it, he didn't answer the question that I asked, but it ended up being like one of the most profound things that I had heard from anybody in, re, in relation to our business. He um, said, you know, there's no shortcuts. In order to be a good storyteller, you just have to keep writing and writing and writing and writing. And it takes time. And I think that goes for any craft. I think that goes for anybody that's doing whatever it is that they're doing, whatever small business product they're creating, the the product that they're putting out there, you get better after time. And so, you know, there's very few um, examples of overnight successes. And even those are typically, you know, the years and years of build up to that point. So I would, the the long, the short answer to your question is, yeah, I do think that you have to, to write a lot. We basically, you know, write our, each one of our episodes is about 7,200 words or so, maybe sometimes 8,000 words. Mm -hmm. Um, And when you tell that to a writer that we're doing that many on on an almost weekly basis, I think we put about, about three new episodes up a month. Um, they are like, what? I mean, because so often you hear people like, just write 500 words this week. or you know, we're, So you have to put like anything, like any craft, you have to put so much time and energy into it and do it on a schedule and put it out no matter what, don't hesitate and you will get better. Don't, I mean, so, so, many, so often people wait until their thing is perfect. They want their thing to be perfect before they put it out there. And you can't do that either. Nope. You have to kind of put it out there um, in its, you know, in, with its little imperfections and then get better and better and better at it, but work to a schedule and be consistent. Yeah, that consistency is key. Yeah, Ag- agreement. And not being afraid to launch with something that's not perfect. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Our podcast yeah, we, is a perfect example of that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so is ours. We so look ours. at our early episodes and sometimes we just were cringing. Like, oh no, what were we thinking? Or did you hear that? You know, so, you know, we'll go back and if we replay them, we'll have to completely rework that episode. Remix it, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. We, made a, we made a commitment fairly early on that we were just going to leave them. We're not going to do anything with them. I think if we have like old ads running in them for things that are no longer relevant, we'll flip those out. But for the most part, we leave them and, you know, that has all the filler words and it's really echoey and... We're asking dumb questions. I refuse to listen to them. You don't even listen to them now, you know, but I will, I will listen to them. And it is, it's amazing the difference that you see, but that's, you know, consistency is what gets you good at anything. We, we undertook a project starting on March 15th of 2021, where we decided for 365 straight days, we were going to publish a YouTube video. The videos would be like five minutes or less. And we were just going to answer a single question in each video. We were never so fucking happy when we recorded those last videos because we're just about we're done. We're done recording them. They just have to be published now. But oh, my God, it is a commitment, right? It's like marriage. That's a lot. It's a big, big, big commitment. And you have but you have to just keep muscling and muscling through. And for us, like we have the way our business is set up, we have a um, 
not everything that we've ever done is uh, out in the public right now. We have most everything is behind a paywall. Mm -hmm. Um, So what we do is is we release when we can't get an episode done in time, we release an an, an old episode. So that's why we remix them. Exactly. um, Ah. Is that we're going to be publishing this out there again. And so we've got to get it up to the standards that that we're at right now. So we will go through and and kind of, uh, you know, remix things. And we've kind of, there's just a lot of little things that we have to do with our business to kind of keep it going and to keep separate revenue sources coming in and sure. it's uh it's it's definitely been a, a challenge and what's funny you just find one little thing that you did different and we've had like you know 40 percent increase in revenue just like by turning one thing on <clears throat> so it's a it's just a constant thing where you have to keep trying new things i love ha- having a small business it is amazing the fact that I, I, people, I, I, I'm, I feel like I'm living the dream sometimes mm-hmm. because I wake up, I'm pretty much in my pajamas all day, which is my sweatsuits. And I get to do whatever I want on that day. Um, I, I found something that I'm completely passionate about that we're both passionate about. We love doing it. Um, and it, it, I, I, I recommend it to anybody that can do it. You just have to have the ability to stick with it. And if you stick with it, you will find your way. It just, it's just a matter of getting past that moment. So few people can get past that critical point when it looks like you have to stop. And once you could get past that point where you, you thought you were going to stop, then things start to change. And you run through that a couple of times. We've had multiple businesses. I had a a concert promotion business for my first five years when I left aerospace, I was working in aerospace and, um, we transition that into a marketing business and then we transition that into a podcast business. So you in small business, you will go through, you know, big, big changes, but you just need to keep plugging and chugging. Yeah. Well, we unfortunately have to start wrapping up the show now, but before we go, is there anything that we can do for you? I would say continue doing what you guys are doing. I think what you guys are doing is really important. Talking to small businesses, um, giving them advice, giving them you know motivation, talking to other uh, uh, to uh, to other, uh, getting these kinds of insights is so so important. And you guys I think are filling a, a very valuable service. And I would say just continue what you're doing um, is what you could do for us. Well, we definitely appreciate that, and we appreciate you being on the show. And thank you to all of our listeners. You can, <clears throat> excuse me, find out more about Patrick and Adriana on redpilledamerica.com. Make sure to check that out. Listen to their podcasts, support them, and everything that you need to know about us or uh, Patrick and Adriana is going to be in the show notes. Yeah. And if you are interested in working with us, then, well, we would love to do that with you. We have a ton of free content on our website, including free courses. Lots of articles, all of our podcasts. We also gladly accept money if you want to pay us to work with you. Everything you need to know about us is on our website, sbpace.com. And I would be remiss if I did not mention our second business, Certivium. Certivium is focused on customer service and social media management for small business owners. We take the heavy lifting so you can focus on your business. Don't forget to download and rate this podcast. Subscribe, give us a review, and reach out to us if you have any topics that you want us to cover. And don't forget about our radio show, Defeat the Chaos. It's on the Voice America Business Channel. It's every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern, and you can listen to it at any time as well. 
Hey, you got it exactly right. Nice work on that. I practiced that last night. We wrote a book. It's called Seriously Now What? A Small Business Guide to Disaster Preparedness. It is an Amazon number one bestseller. It comes with a digital download workbook that may or may not have word searches and crossword puzzles in it. And if you already own the book, you could do us a huge favor and go back and rate and review it because you've heard us say it before. Rating and reviews matter on the book and the podcast and all the things. That is it for today. I am Corey. I'm Julie. And this was BizQuick, telling stories across America.